This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. हमें मारी में शॉट बुलकारी में पांच बुलकारी है लगातार यहाँ पे हम लोग स्क्रीनिंग दिखाने का काम कर रहे हैं और ये दिल्ली पुलिस और उसके साथ साथ दिल्ली विश्वविद्यालय के जो गार्ड है ये लगातार हम लोग को मारने का काम करते हैं छात्रों को खींच खींच के ले जाया जा रहा है हाथ नहीं लगाना आप यहाँ से खाली कर दे दो के गुजरात दंगों पर बनी बीबीसी की डॉक्यूमेंट्री इंडिया द मोदी क्वेश्चन को लेकर लगातार हंगामा जारी दो दिन पहले जामिया में छात्रों को डॉक्यूमेंट्री की स्क्रीनिंग से पहले डिटेन किया गया तो वहीं जेएनयू में कथित तौर पर स्क्रीनिंग के दौरान पथराव हुआ India the Modi question is a two part documentary series by the BBC about the Prime Minister Narendra Modi and his relationship with the Muslim minority in India. The first part covers Modi's early political career including the 2002 Gujarat riots during which he was chief minister of Gujarat. It explores documents found by the BBC including a UK government report that the Gujarat violence had I quote all the hallmarks of an ethnic cleansing end quote The second part examines Modi's administration after his 2019 re-election including the revocation of Kashmir's autonomy the new citizenship law the violent response to NRC CAA protests and the Delhi riots The government has used the emergency provisions of IT Rules 2021 to take down the documentary from websites as well as social media posts with links or snippets of the documentary. Screenings of the documentary in universities around the country have been disrupted by university administration and police. There are two petitions in the Supreme Court challenging the blocking of the documentary by the government. On 14 February there was an income tax survey at the BBC office in Delhi in which employees phones were taken and laptops were scanned by the IT department the editors guild of india put out a statement saying and i quote it is distressed by the continuing trend of government agencies being used to intimidate and harass news organizations that are critical of the ruling establishment end quote The Asia Program Coordinator of the Committee to Protect Journalists said and I quote Raiding the BBC's India offices in the wake of a documentary criticizing Prime Minister Narendra Modi smacks of intimidation The Indian authorities have used tax investigations as a pretext to target critical news outlets before and must cease harassing BBC employees immediately in line with the values of freedom that should be espoused in the world's largest democracy hi this is surya tapa mukherjee your host for this episode of the suno india show this is part 1 of a mini series examining how the central government is limiting public access to information and frankly right to freedom of expression with laws and amendments for this episode about the blocking of the bbc documentary i spoke to tejasi panjiar an associate policy counsel at the internet freedom foundation 
IFF is an NGO that advocates for digital rights and liberties, dealing with online freedom, privacy, net neutrality, and innovation. I asked her about the legality of the takedown of this documentary. The government, uh, or specifically the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting, MIB, exercised its emergency powers under Rule 16 of the IT rules. And also Section 69A of the Information Technology Act of 2000, or the IT Act. Using uh, these emergency powers, MIP essentially ordered social media platforms like YouTube and Twitter to take down links and block access to the documentary and also prevent its re-upload. Now, what is this Rule 16 that was used under the IT rules uh, to, to... block access to the documentary basically rule 16 is used in situations wherein no delay is acceptable Um, and in such cases there is an authorized officer that can examine the content and submit a written recommendation to the secretary of the mib who may then issue directions uh, for blocking access And they can do that without providing either the content creator or the intermediary an opportunity to be heard. Now, uh, what's interesting is that this aforementioned uh, authorized officer is actually the chairperson of the interministerial committee under the three-tier mechanism that was established under the IT rules. Um, And it's also responsible for the administration of the code of ethics. Now, both the three-tier mechanism And the code of ethics is something that has been legally challenged in courts and even stayed by the Bombay and Madras High Court. Um, So the entire, uh, you know, even from right from the appointment of the authorized officer to the exercise of its power, this is all constitutionally suspect. The Information Technology Rules of 2021 includes a code of ethics. It is too lengthy for me to read all of it here, but under it, the general principles for online curated content is relevant here. It says that publishers should exercise caution in relation to content that affects the sovereignty and integrity of India, jeopardizes the security of the state, is detrimental to India's friendly relations with foreign countries, or may disturb the maintenance of public order. It also says that a publisher should take into consideration India's multiracial and multi-religious context and exercise due caution when featuring the activities, beliefs, practices or views of any religious group. You get the drift. There could be scores of news stories or tweets that can fall under this category. The IT rules mandated a three-tier structure, as Tejasi mentions, To implement the Code of Ethics, Level 1 is self-regulation by the publishers, Level 2 is self-regulation by the self-regulating bodies of the publishers, and at Level 3 is an oversight mechanism by the central government. As part of the center's oversight mechanism, the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting constitutes an interdepartmental committee of representatives from its own and other ministries. The ministry also appoints an authorized officer to implement these rules on behalf of the government. In August 2021, the Bombay High Court stayed Rule 9 Part 1 and Part 3 of the rules in response to a petition from the company that owns the leaflet and journalist Nikhil Wagle. 
Part 1 says that publishers of news, current affairs and online curated content have to follow the code of ethics. Part 3 lays down the three-tier structure discussed. The centre told the court that the Bombay order has an all-India effect. Since then, the Bombay order has been challenged by the centre, which has also asked for all petitions against the IT rules in states to be transferred to the Supreme Court. Right. So, okay, so it has also been stayed by the courts in a few places. Hmm. And, you know, you are saying that it is constitutionally suspect, but at the same time, it is still happening. And there is no clear redressal, right? Because it's not like, I mean, the fact that it's emergency powers means that the person is not going to be notified before their tweet is taken down or whatever, like their website link is taken down. And also the person can't really do anything about it. Correct? Yes. It's interesting that you mentioned that um, because there are several concerns, actually. Firstly, um, uh, the rules that allow for you know, emergency blocking, uh, the term emergency in itself has not been uh, legislatively defined. Um, And also something like emergency is not perpetual. So you rightly uh, mentioned that citizens must be given an opportunity to challenge these orders, right? But they are unable to do so or cannot do so if the orders are not made publicly available. And that's something um, that we see happening a lot. Like, this this is um, sort of, I would say, a sort of a selective transparency that we see the government following when it comes to or trans being transparent when convenient, um, right? Because we've seen several instances where these uh, uh, the ex- uh, the emergency powers were used under Rule 16 by MIV in this, since December 2021. Actually, there have been eight press releases, um, and this that that we can see uh, that MIV put out itself. However, this tally, uh, eight, the number eight, is far lower than the one that is provided for um, by the Union Minister of Information and Broadcasting in the Parliament in July 2022. So clearly, there is there is this discrepancy, and this all points to the lack of transparency. Um, the interesting thing here is the disclosures are usually made when it's related to populist issues. For instance, blocking of Pakistani content that's related to armed forces or on Jammu and Kashmir. Um, obviously, there has been no official press release for the online blocking of the BBC documentary. Um, so essentially, this is reflective, like I said, of the union government's practice of being transparent when convenient. And we only get to know about these A, when the government uh, releases the press order or B, when the platforms, for instance, Twitter, um, follow transparency measures by using mechanisms like, for instance, Twitter published um, uh, the Lumen database, uh, right? About uh, Lumen database basically has the uh, legal requests uh, that the government sends for these blocking orders, basically the blocking uh, requests. So this is how we find out. However, this is also, this is based either um, on the platform's uh, decision to publish these orders or the government's voluntary act and that is not really reliable. And in the long term, it can lead to executive overreach. I think to uh, co- come to that question of whether the blocking was valid or not, um, we first need to answer two things. One, what is the reason behind this blocking? Uh, on what grounds were these? Uh, you mentioned the grounds under which, you know, um, as per IT rules, 
such a blocking order can be issued what were the grounds under which this constituted an emergency an emergency um and two were the uh, were the uh, sort of um you say the procedural safeguards that have been instituted for instance uh, the authorized officer that gives in writing it's his or her recommendation to the um, secretary of the mib um as per rule 16 sub rule 3 the authorized officer uh, must um uh, place the ban request before a review committee and then that the review committee decides whether or not to continue with the ban and uh, the review committee report, uh, findings must also be uh, made public however this step is altogether skipped in several cases um right so these safeguards and then again we go back to the fact that the reasons were not recorded in writing um the it, it was not made public etc etc in the absence of these um, steps being followed it's very difficult to you know question whether uh, how how much of this is justified whether it actually created communal disharmony etc etc it's 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 very um, i think we need to step back and first um, look at these questions and then obviously there's the broader question about um, whether it should have been blocked in the first place um what are the consequences what were the consequences with, in the absence of its blocking and what are we seeing currently right uh, i've read so many places that it's been watched even more now that it's been blocked so uh, it's it's I, i i guess we ultimately go back to the legislative safeguards that have been introduced not being followed by the government and that's seen not just in this but several times in cases of where it rules um are used by the indian government the other provision used to block the documentary is section 69 of it act 2000 it gives the government the power to block information through any computer resource in the interest of sovereignty and integrity of india defense of india security of the state friendly relations with foreign states or public order or for preventing incitement to the commission of any cognizable offence it also says that the reason for such an order must be recorded in writing according to the software freedom law centers report on website blocking in india the total number of websites urls applications social media posts and accounts blocked in india from 2015 to 2022 are 55607 among these 47.5% of the total blocked websites is under section 69a of the it act the review committee that reviews blocking orders only consists of people from the government the report says that the existing mechanism of blocking is opaque as the orders are not published there is no scope for the aggrieved person to challenge the order there is no opportunity of being heard or making an appeal against the order because there is no transparency in terms of the actions being taken tejasi says that it is also difficult to track which sites the documentary is being taken down from or what social media posts are being blocked Interestingly the documentary itself has not been banned in India we have been prohibited from uploading or sharing it online 
An overarching ban on the documentary can only be executed through the procedure established by the Cinematograph Act 1952. However, screenings in universities have been stalled by administration and in some cases even by the police. The Delhi police went so far as to arrest Jamia Millia Islamia students who were organizing a screening at their university. They also prevented the screening in Delhi University, saying that Section 144 had been imposed. Uh, so what are all the rights according to you, like the constitutional yeah. rights that are sort of not, you know, it's not clear that they're being fully mm-hmm. uh, respected in this uh, you know with like how the ID rules are being used right now to block this documentary the first one being um, recording the reasons right um, I think it's it's ultimately boils down to the fact that there are constitutionally uh, there are constitutional provisions for government led censorship there is there there are there is rule 16 and there is rule 69 a section 16 uh, 69a of the IT Act However, uh, there are certain uh, sort of safeguards in place sort of that have been uh, placed both by the government and even the courts. Um, the fact that uh, these safeguards have been placed essentially to make to there are for, for several reasons. One's to act as a check against uh, government's discretion uh, in um, in such blocking matters, right? The other would be to essentially safeguard the content creators and intermediaries who host such content um, uh, to basically save, uh, to basically uh, protect the freedom of uh, speech and expression, right? So the Supreme Court of India, uh, in the case of Cricket Association of Bengal, recognized that the right to receive and impart information is implicit in free speech. Now, so- something like this, um, it's, 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 it's very fundamental. It's a very fundamental right to freedom of speech, and and so in in cases such as blocking of online content, it's very important that the uh, content creators and intermediaries uh, have those safeguards. Firstly, the first one being just being able to understand the reason behind the orders, right? So it's important that a they are being recorded in writing, b they are being publicly issued. Um, in many cases, these orders are not publicly issued, right? Um, this was also seen in um, in Tanul Thakur, who's a movie critic, uh, when his satirical website, the Dowry Calculator, was blocked. And uh, they uh, he approached the High Court of Delhi and was ultimately able to uh, obtain a copy of the blocking order. Because in his case, again, the blocking order was not um, uh, sent to him. The other would be something as basic as, you know, having judicial remedies, right? Having the um, option to challenge uh, these orders. So in a lot of these cases, uh, until uh, most likely we've seen when there's a populist agenda, we see these uh, safeguards uh, or these rules being adhered to. But in other cases, it's not. And um, it's, it's, it's very, very problematic, right? Because... It's in violation of our fundamental rights um, and it's creating a pretense of a procedure uh, which permits unlimited censorship by the government. And um, it boils down to the question of where are we placing free debate and uh, free speech and expression in a digital and democratic country like India. While there are concerns about existing safeguards not being followed, 
At the same time, the government has been making amendments that increases its scope to censor information. Just coming back to the IT rules, uh, which were first notified in 2011, since then, uh, the, the scope of the IT rules and even the ma- subject matter of regulation has radically changed. Uh, it has rad- radically changed to an extent where in 2021, um, where the IT rules uh, were notified, uh, the amendments, um, now there is increased government control o- um, over online platforms, news publishers. Um, there is increased compliance burdens for uh, all of these social media companies. For instance, the creation of grievance redressal officers, there's traceability requirements that threaten end-to-end encryption and increase uh, censorship. But all of that was back in 2021. And since then, these uh, all of these, uh, the, the new IT rules have been uh, challenged uh, in several courts, actually. But the last year, and even this month, this year, January, has seen uh, several amendments to the IT rules, actually, uh, that instead of addressing the existing constitutional concerns that have been raised in these courts, create new amendments that lead to even more like sort of increase government censorship uh, by creating a government an executive body for censorship or uh, for creating um, the most recent amendments in fact the PIB fact checking amendments which essentially allow uh, the fact check unit of PIB or any authorized central government ministry actually to um, to uh, as per their uh, wish de- uh, sort of declare a piece of content as fake and then order the takedown of such content. Um, this this particular amendment, um, which was, I think, which was done on January 20, January 17th, if I'm not wrong, um, was, has been, has been condemned by journalists, have been condemned condemned by um, people who've been at editorial positions, um, even by digital rights. And so many people, I think after a long time, people have come together to criticize these amendments. And um, only three days after, in fact, three days after this amendment, the BBC documentary was blocked. So I think just events are bearing witness to the fact that uh, the IT rules have expanded into um, something that it wasn't, in, it wasn't envisioned before, and it has become something else altogether. So they don't just apply to the social media platforms; they apply to all intermediaries. Uh, for instance, also to ISPs, right? So, like for instance, Ed. So, um, say uh, the PIB um, classifies, or any other authorized government agency classifies a content, a uh, piece of information as fake and then issues the takedown order or censorship order, um, they can bypass sort of the intermediary and then even go to the ISPs to request them to take it down. Um, so it's it's also sort of um, the scope of these rules is very, very large. And I, it's, 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 it's just when you read the IT rules and it's a little technical and when you understand it, it's the scope is that um, it's, it's, it's it's extremely like the discretion that is that rests with the government has been uh, overreached by a lot actually, and all of this actually all of these notif- amendments that are being introduced to the IT rules, and when these amendments are notified, 
they must be done through parliamentary in- intervention and after notification they're supposed to be uh, laid before the parliament uh the it rules have so far not been laid before the parliament and that is the practice that is uh, written in the parent act which is the it act of 2000 um so just that broader thing maybe or uh, not specific to the bbc documentary but on a broader level i think that's extremely concerning on 11 february minister of state for electronics and it rajiv chandrashekhar said that the government had set up a fact check unit in november 2019 under the press information bureau the fact check unit checks for fake news and also allows citizens to send in queries about suspected fake news in respect of information about the central government it responds with correct information while identifying fake or misleading information as such the minister said under the it rules intermediaries including social media intermediaries are obligated to stop users from sharing fake news so if the government's new proposal to make its fact checking unit part of the it rules is passed the government can take down any news from the internet that it decides is fake this will tighten the government's control over what information we can access especially information about the government itself even over the internet in our next episode we will further explore how the government is limiting the information we can access about the government by making changes to the right to information act Thank you for listening to this episode. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now.